Hello, everybody. This is PDA with Stefan Prince and Michael Dunn. And we got Jake and Anderson. Another week of sports. We got lots of playoff stuff going on. Um, but I mean, more importantly, we've got a we've got a draft coming up and we've been uh leaving you guys, I'm sure, waiting to to see what happens from picks sixteen to thirty one here in the first round. Um first off, before we get started on the mock stuff, how have you guys been doing? Uh you know what? Uh, it's it's been crazy, I guess, with the amount of weather that we have going on and meets and stuff kind of getting changed around. Um, we're supposed to uh, go up to U of M and that one got canceled. And now as we're recording this, it is a uh, snow raining, I think outside still. So stop for five seconds. Stop but it's probably going to start up again. You never know. Yeah. With, with the weather, especially in um, Minnesota, it's April rain, snow, sleet showers, hopefully bring may track meets, I guess. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get some meets in here. I think on our schedule, we have what, f- three meets in the next six days or something like that, or three meets in five days. Yeah. yeah. Saturday, so Sunday, Wednesday, I should probably know that since I'm supposed to be at those, but you know, <laughs> math is kind of hard if you can right. we're, all f- we're all fried and I don't mean sunburned. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, other than that, it was quiet week at school. Take that. Steph, how about you? Um, shoot. This week hasn't been too bad. Um, a lot of busy work. Um, today we have a f- had a few recruits come in, check out the new facility. Um, Which is like there. It's it, almost it, there. It's almost there, right? Um, yeah, it was actually pretty awesome. They had a great time, and they are just like, man, this place is awesome. Um, hopefully we can get a commit after out of that. Um, yeah. Yep. And then on the other hand, um, one of the athletes that did come today, will be here on the team next year. And and another one that might be. Yeah, another one that, that might be. So excited about. <laughs> Round of applause that. for that one. Excited <laughs> about all of that. Uh, do you guys want to say hey about any other sports going on right now? I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Do you guys want to say your two cents about uh, NBA playoffs? We might as well start there. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? They made it. They made it a series now. They made it a series hey. now. Can't count them out. Look, all I'm saying, Draymond's back for game four. It's in Golden State. Let's have a good game. They won't lose at home. Yeah, it's, I mean. It's, it's they, if they can play on the road and get this road bug out of their system, then then that's how the Warriors obviously, I think. I say they win the next two games, and then they're going to lose. Nah, they can't. they got to win the next three. They have they to, have win, to win one three. on the road no matter they what. They have to win one on the road, yeah. They have to win the next. It's just going to come down to them, yeah, winning on the road. Yeah, um, Sixers Nets got pretty chippy. Um, Jeez, a lot I of mean, controversy. A lot of yeah, a lot <laughs> of. I will say this: I think the contact. I think it was on Harden. I don't know that deserved. It's tough because it's not necessary, but at the same time, see, like I see why they kicked James Harden out for what he did. Yeah, but they should have played the same rule. Yeah, when Joel yep. and B did the same thing earlier that game in the yep. first quarter. Yeah, absolutely. They need to be more consistent from game to game. I get like refs have their tendencies and consistencies, but in playoff basketball, the refs need to be on the same page with how they are calling a game just across the board. Like, that, like one call literally can determine a win or loss for a team. For sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, – Claxton got ejected last night too for staring down and bead after a dunk. Mm-hmm. He got ejected, kicked out of the game. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, right? You uh, you you've got 
to have some kind, and whether it's eject ejections or if they just add free throws or do something different for some of this stuff in a football game, you can't do a cartwheel without getting flagged for it. Right. There's, there's some things that are just a little bit crazy there. Yeah. Um, but for basketball, you, like you just said, like you stare somebody down and like, okay, if you're flagging somebody for it, maybe in basketball terms, maybe you're giving somebody two shots for it. And then at the end of the day, the, ki- the guy's not kicked out for staring somebody down. Yeah. There's got to be something that's fixed, though, with some of that stuff in the playoffs for sure. Could just give him a technical. Give him a tech, not necessarily kick him out. But I also think with how chippy the game had gotten to that point and whatnot, like, I I don't know. It's it's The refs are just in a tough pos- position, especially when, like, there's a lot of extracurriculars and whatnot because whatever they decide isn't always going to be seen as you know the right call by one side of the fan base or the other side or both or you know the um more passive fan and stuff like that so I feel like it's it was just a tough situation overall and I think there was a lot of stuff happening that kind of took away from the product on the floor but at the same time there was definitely some like calls that should have been made different or could have been made different um so yeah agreed agreed. and what and one thing that I I definitely want to touch on here is Jalen Brown's fine. <laughs> um, Celtics, I think I'm going all the way now. So I, 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 what I originally thought could have been something with the hand. Um, I, 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 and I know we talked about it last time too because there's the waffling going on of me taking him all the way or not. Either way, um, knowing that he's healthy and just it's uh, – I, I will – be happy to fall on my sword if they do not go all the way, but I will pick them to the finals now against the uh, Warriors instead of the Bucks. Whoever would win that Sixers Celtics series would should be poised to go in uh, against a Milwaukee team right now down Giannis potentially for Game Three. I mean he he could have played Game Two, he said, but they wanted to take precautionary measures, and Bucks ended up draining. I think. 25 threes or something like that in that game to propel them to a game to win. But um, yeah, well, like the Suns Clippers too, without uh, Kawhi playing without Kawhi for the Clippers and almost, almost getting a win last night. The Clippers um, falling short, obviously. It was a home game too. So home game, yeah. Kawhi though, like that's that's huge. (laughs) That's That's saying okay, Suns play without KD. I mean, he's. Kawhi's their their lifeblood. So like mm. without him, and they, no they, they also either. they also let uh, Devin Booker drop forty five on him last yeah. night. He had a game. Yeah, <laughs> he had like, a game. He, he's he can score with the best of them. Like if he's in the zone and he's not trying to do too much, like hasn't been healthy. I feel like in the last however many playoff runs, right? The Suns mm-hmm. have had the best shot with him was when they went to the finals. I think he was pretty healthy during that yeah. whole run. But other than that, I feel like he's just had his his ups and downs with injuries and if, if he can stay healthy i mean 45 like he's not going to do that every night but he can be that kind of a game changer yeah. for you so yeah definitely excited to see what happens in the nba playoffs nhl playoffs have been crazy too I mean, the <laughs> wild took one away in game one uh in dallas then they got kind of stomped and rocked a little bit in game two so they uh they uh they broke their curse of uh <laughs> game one game one they did <laughs> they did and they they're out of dallas you know after the first two games knotted up and the not the only team to win on there there's a lot of low seeds they're the cracking uh one game one in uh colorado right yeah um, um carolina took two 
at yeah. home. Uh, Boston's going into their game three tied against Florida. Uh, Edmonton and LA are tied one one. Vegas is tied one one with Winnipeg. Um, there's just there's so many good series right now. And it's 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 ex- extremely exciting, and I think the one that maybe most intriguing, um, you know, being Boston fan for other sports, I'm not for the Bruins just because I just don't have ties there. But when it comes to the Boston Bruins, right, they've got that curse of winning the one to make the trophy, and then or uh, not whatever what's the trophy called the I don't know off the top of my head regular season trophy. Yep, and having kind of like a curse going into the po- postseason, I, I don't think anybody necessarily expects Florida to get more than one game from Boston in this series, but the fact that they've already got one game from Boston is a little intriguing. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot of good series now in this first round, and it's only going to continue, so it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I think one I'm kind of excited to watch would be the uh, – um, New Jersey Devils having to go to New York down 2-0 after dropping both at home, having to win now two on the road to get back to even and put the series back in their favor in terms of home ice advantage. But it'll uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how all that plays out and whatnot. And I mean, kind of pulling for the wild too. Got a big one tonight. Got to protect home ice. Go up 2-1 in the series on Dallas. But that'd be exciting. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on too. Um, there's been a lot of uh, happenings in Major League Baseball around a certain um, rule with sticky substances on the pitcher's yeah. hands. Yeah, that's been almost weekly now, right? It's there's, only, there's only been a few weeks of baseball, but it's <laughs> been happening. And I, I, on a different time when we don't have you know all this other stuff, to talk all this about, other yeah. stuff to talk about, I would want to dive into it. But I think. The biggest thing is we were talking about consistency with the refs in the NBA. There's got to be consistency with just the foreign substance rules for pitchers using that in the majors. Um, you saw one example of, um, I think it was Domingo Herman for the New York Yankees against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, had excess rosin, was asked to wash it off. He hit the rosin before going out. They, they stopped him again, you know, saying, hey, I told you to wipe it off. Um, and yeah, that's we something talked about that as, as the yeah. manager jumped in there and yep. got kicked out. We mentioned that, I think, last time. And Rocco Rocco got thrown out. And I think he had, to his credit, he should have gotten thrown out there because that's something that, you know, we're going to see a lot of, I think, moving forward is how much is too much. Um, and then Max Scherzer, he got checked. They said, all right, you got to go wash it. Then they checked the inside of the glove. Um and we're like, you got to use a different glove. And then he goes back out again, and they're like, no, you're done this time. And I don't know. I personally, having never used rosin or anything like that, I don't know how sticky that stuff is. But I know, like, especially with things like sweat and whatnot, your hands will just kind of get sticky. And yeah, there will be. I was uh, listening to, like, uh, I think it was, like, Get Up This Morning. Mm-hmm. They were saying, like, even if you, like, try to rub it with, like, rubbing alcohol, yeah. it makes it even more sticky. Yep. Right. So like what is he supposed to do at that point in time when his hands just, you know, stuck with gunk on it and he can't do anything about it. And you're playing midday at Dodger Stadium too. Like it's gonna be warm out, especially out in California. And I just Not I don't know, you, you do you you hate to see it and I think Scherzer's gonna appeal it and just be he like did. He did, he appeal, did it. appeal it. So I think they're we're gonna see how the appeal process goes through and whatnot, but I think there just needs to be more definition to the rule 
So, so, sure. so for you guys who don't know, for for this illegal substance having on your hand, you, it's up to like a ten game sus- suspension. Um, but if you appeal it, which Max Scherzer is, um, he's still able to actually play in, until his appeal is upheld. Yeah, and I think his next start is either Sunday or Monday. I don't know for sure. Um, and also, a certain amount of it is allowed. Yeah. Right. I mean, like people are hitting the rosin bag, right? Mm-hmm. Too. So it's not it's not like an illegal substance that you can never use, as well for people that maybe aren't necessarily yeah. familiar with baseball or like the rosin bag or anything mm-hmm. like that. Is that it is used by and can be used by all pitchers, but it's just the amount and and knowing, you know, it's it's such a kind of gray area that's unknown of of how, um, as as we're talking about here, how the umpires or how baseball wants it to be. Um, allowed and as you're saying I think as the season progresses they're going to find I I, I believe they'll find a resolution for this I really do and it's going to happen earlier than later um, because of the season being you know as long as it is I I, they're going to figure this out I think by early summer if not you know before we get into non-snowy weather in Minnesota (laughs) hopefully (laughs) Um, and I'll say this too and then we can move on but I think one way to maybe counteract the how much rosin is a lot of pitchers will hit it before they go out, make it so that um, even with the pace of play rules, but make it so that pitchers have to, like they can only use the stuff out on the mound or something. If it's going to be that big of an issue, I think would be one way to maybe combat it. Not necessarily ideal with the pace of play rules and whatnot, because you have to be on the mound and doing stuff at a certain point in time on the pitch clock. But um, I think that would be one way to at least combat it if it becomes more of an issue. So, yeah. Anything else we want to touch on, discuss, or are we back to playing GM? Back to playing GM. Let's Sweet, back to man. playing let's, GM. All let's, right. Let's dive in. And and if you guys uh, caught our uh, third podcast? Uh, third. third, fourth, I don't remember. It's my, podcast, uh, on the uh, now on the clock part one or something like that. Yep. Um, so this is part two. That we're on here. Um, we got through pick 15, which was Green Bay. Had some tantalizing conversation at the end of it there. They're not taking um, a wide receiver. We are now, um, I think they are. We are now <laughs> moving to pick number 16, uh, which is the Washington Commanders. And this is their first pick of the the uh, 2023 draft. Um, so what are, you, what are you guys thinking? Where do you think they go here? Uh, Jake, you I can start. Out? I can start. So... At this point, I have had four, all four big-name QBs for this draft off the board. Um, one of the bigger glaring needs uh, is really on the offensive side between quarterback and the offensive line. Um, the positions they need at offensive line aren't really high up on this draft, so I think what they do is they take a flyer here and go Hendon Hooker at 16. Um Hendon Hooker, we talked about it in part one where he has a, he's back recovering from a torn ACL, but at the draft combine, he received an update that potentially, depending upon how things kind of progress through the summer here, he could be ready for on-field activities to resume all that stuff by week one. So I think, especially with the commanders just needing, you have a change of owner coming here soon, you have... Um, you know, they're really trying to change with the times in a sense, build a new face and whatnot. I think Hendon Hooker would be a great way to start. It would provide some intrigue, and, you know, I think a lot of Commanders fans are thinking 
Um, they have a team that can compete, but they just need a couple of pieces to kind of fill that out to be able to compete with the Giants and the Cowboys. So I think Hooker here would be a solid fit. Even if he doesn't play this year, he's somebody you can look forward to in I think that's, future that's years. an interesting take there. Um, you know, no doubt do I think if a QB is there, Washington has to be looking. Um, I actually had Hendon Hooker, who was my fifth quarterback, going in this draft, go number 11 to Tennessee. Um, so I, I already had him going. I think he can provide, as you're talking about, some exciting future for wherever he goes. Um, in my eyes, in a place like Tennessee, he can sit behind somebody for a year for sure. And even if he can get on the field, being cautious with it, being extra careful, I think is going to be important. Washington does have Sam Howell. They have Jake Fromm. They actually just got brought in Jacoby Brissett um, in this offseason. So he he's another guy that I think can play a role of quarterback. I think Washington here, um, if the quarterbacks are to kind of go earlier, I do think quarterback is is maybe where they look. But if, if they do go before, like I have, um, I actually have them trading their pick to Las Vegas. So they're going to get a second-round pick in 38, a third-round pick in 70. And then I actually have them pick, getting a later pick as well in like fifth, fifth round. Um, so I think they get some tools to fill some positions um on their side for later uh day two and three of the draft um because the washington commanders will have 10 remaining picks in in with two in round two two more in round three sets them up really good so i think las vegas las vegas ends up moving into that spot um and having them already taken a cornerback for me moving around with new england um i'm actually going to have uh las vegas take a defensive um interior lineman Kalijah Cansey from Pittsburgh who I think Stefan had going pretty you know a, a little bit earlier um, but I think he fills another hole on the defense that Las Vegas moves up to get a key piece who I, I think is is going to be an, important for for Las Vegas's um, core defensive line um <coughs> sorry <laughs> good morning <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with uh, a QB um Obviously, you said Jacoby Brissett's going to be there, um, but I'm not, you know, too sure on what they're going to do at the quarterback position just because of the change in the organization, right? They just got bought over by uh, new owners, um, so they might have something different that they w- that they see out of their franchise. Um, if they want to start fresh and start young, honestly, I say they go with Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. Um, he actually had a really good season this year and UCLA, you know, they beat a lot of good teams and even the games that they lost, right. They played really good games. Um, they lost what by three, it was a 48 to 45 to USC, um, which was also ranked like a top 10 school at the time, right. That has the Heisman winner playing against them on the other side of the, on the other side of the field. Um, this year, he, I mean, he, he had 266 completions with 380 attempts, right? So he was pretty much sitting at 70% completion, right? Which is pretty good. He had 31, he had over 3,100 yards passing. He averaged over eight yards. uh, That's massive. Right? He had 20, he had 27 TDs, uh, 10 interceptions, you know, which isn't like that great, but he he could work on that. Starting with over a hundred passer rating. Yeah. Yeah. He like, that's actually pretty, that's very, that's very impressive. And I mean, um, you know, he takes care of the ball too. You mentioned the twenty seven and ten, but then he also had twenty one and six the year previous. So Yeah. 
and I mean, he can throw it too. I mean, his long is a 70 this past season, 75 the year before, 69 the year before that, 94 the year before that. Yeah. Right. Back in 2019. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of ups upside with him. Um, I feel like he'll be really good for an organization. I feel like he might be, a a quarterback that you can probably just throw into your system. Um, and just try to figure it out as the day goes by. But other than that, yeah, I'm gonna pick. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting one. Um, because he's he's not projected to go very high. I think they were projecting him around. Well, the that's the question. Fourth too, round or so, fifth round. He, he might be, but I'm just saying he's yeah. someone to look at because yeah. th- don't sure. don't take your eye off of him, right? Because mm-hmm. he's still a good qu- quarterback. It, it, it's just like any other quarterback that you get late in the draft. Right, that just co- comes and pops off like you For had sure. Brock Purdy last year come yep. off, you know, at the end of the season, just go crazy and win how many games, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had even, let's say, we have the GOAT, right? Yeah. Tom Brady. 199. Right, like he picked so far back and go he blue. comes out, he, he go blue, right? <laughs> go blue. And, and he comes out and he, now he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So, no, I, I think, I think he, he definitely can can have some potential at the NFL level. The question is going to be, uh, is is there going to be enough of buzz about him for mm-hmm. the, the commanders to feel like they need to use a first-round yeah. pick on that guy? Yeah. I totally understand uh, that. I think the next pick is is exciting and intriguing, too, partly because of who I think a lot of people believe is going to be going to Pittsburgh. But, um, I mean, if, if, if I just start here on, on this, uh, Joy Porter Jr. Um, is a cornerback. He feels a need that Pittsburgh needs. Um, son of the great Joey Porter, <laughs> who also played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it would, uh, I think if you're looking at potentially the best available, um, he's not too far down the list of, of what would potentially be the best available. If they want to go with a guy that has been, um, you know, probably around the Steelers their entire life with his dad being a part of the Steelers. I think this is a guy that's going to be familiar with, you know, the stadium. He's going to be familiar with the system and, and everything. He's going to have his, his dad as a resource he's probably talked to. Um, and Joey Porter Jr. is an incredible corner. Um, I think maybe Deontay Banks is one that could potentially be, uh, you know, above him on the you know overall rankings of corners. But, you know, if you look at Joey Porter in general, I mean, here's a guy who, um, talk about a storybook, right? Uh, you're playing for the, your dad's team. Um, he's a great plug and play. He's a very physical corner with receivers at the line. And, um, you know, you look in that division and, and, I mean, the AFC North is a physical division. So I, I just feel like he fits that role there. Um, and, and he fills a position that Pittsburgh really needs help with. Yeah, I think I think Steelers do go corner here. They were um, in the bottom half of the league in terms of passing defense and whatnot. So I think especially when you have players like Minka Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt, um, you know, you have the pieces to be able to be a really solid defense, but they just need a little help. And I think going corner here will work. I actually take Banks here um, and have Banks go. Uh, to the Steelers. I mean, the stats between Porter and Banks are really close. I don't think you miss with either of them, and I think they're both players that... I do think... He, I mean, Banks is, a, in my eyes, the better athlete. Yeah. But I think it's really hard 
again, maybe part of me is is soft and saying I want to look for a storyline, right? <laughs> and this is this what? is a storyline. No way. <laughs> being able to say, hey, you're getting to go play for your. I, I mm-hmm. can see the phone call yeah. happening, saying like, hey, how would you like to play for your dad's, your dad's old team? And I can see for tears sure. happening for Joey Porter Jr. That family, I can I think in the emotions that they would go through for it. I think it's a good story, and I think mm-hmm. when you're looking to as a as an NFL team, you're looking to steal headlines. You're looking to grab, you know, the, the you time want that is that, that yeah, the buzz yeah. that's going to be talked about on ESPN and the NFL Network and all this stuff. And this is going to create that for the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's the better pick or not. Yeah. So, you took Porter. I take Banks. Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. If he's not, if he he's hasn't gone yeah. yet, I think. <laughs> I think. I think. Regardless of the storyline, you want. I think. I think Gonzalez will be gone, but I mean, if he's still there, for, especially on the board, I think they take Gonzalez too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a corner. Yeah. So, um, and and Pittsburgh has the first pick in round two, and then they also have, um, the 49th overall pick mm-hmm. in 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 the second round. So yeah, they have um, they have a lot. They've of got some tools in that second round to be digging digging for some more gold for sure. Yeah. Um, next pick on the clock, number 18. Detroit Lions, we already all had one pick for them. Um, I, I picked an edge rusher, Tyree Wilson, to compliment Hutchinson a little bit. I As took Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> so we both, I mean. Keep, keep in mind, I had Will Levis go to the Seahawks before Anderson was taken, so. <laughs> Steph. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, as crazy as this sounds, okay, I I think Detroit just plugs defense here. I, I think they're they're still thinking like our offense is clicking, our offense has been clicking. We've got more picks later, but let's who, really. Who do they have at tight end? That that's my question, because uh, if uh, not, I, I'm I'm gonna I, go with Dalton Kincaid. I think that's a fantastic pick. <laughs> what I will say is that I think there's going to be enough because I, people think it's just a one-two tight end. Yep. This draft. Yep. I know I've talked to Jake in a little bit about this later for for tight ends and, and whatnot, but I do think there's a lot more potential in this draft for tight ends that will kind of slip. But if you want your tight end right now and you want to get somebody that... It's their second pick. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I, I think he, he definitely can be uh, a game changer for him. You're talking about weapons. I think you did take a wide receiver for him early, so you're talking about weapons to use across from... Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Well, and keep in mind, I'm too, with the d- the day we're recording the podcast, the news just, just came across of all the gambling stuff that happened within the Lions organization, and they have guys now who have been cut or are suspended, a couple of big-name guys, too, like Jameson Williams. So, like, they, there might be more of a need now to go and get a wide receiver or a tight end. So, But anyways, you're a defensive pick. It could. <laughs> my, so, so my defensive pick here um, – is is one that you know if still on the board I think is, uh, absolutely a, a, a monster. Um, so who I've got Detroit taking is an interior defensive lineman Brian Breesy, uh, from Clemson. Uh, not only does he add more depth to that defensive line, um, that to me is like maybe the only big hole that this team really has. Um. This pick doubles them down on, hey, we want to go hard on defense this year. Um, this is a guy that is 6'5", 298. He was the former top recruit in the 2020 class. Um, Breezy isn't you know, necessarily 
a 300 pound guy that's going to just kind of be um, stationary on defense. He's absolutely a mover and a shaker. Um, he's capable of playing outside of the tackles as well. Um, so when it comes to just stat wise, like he is a guy that's played 330 defensive snaps last year. His second year, he pay, played 152, um, cut short a little bit by an injury that he had. But 20, 2020, 430 snaps. So he's a guy that has played a lot of snaps, um, and he's he's been able to have some good rushes, sacks um, through the years. He's had, um, you know, almost 40 hurries um, for the quarterback. He, he bats the ball down as well with his frame. Um, you know, being 6'5", he's definitely got the size uh, and, and flexibility that, that can be pretty awesome for getting around and through an offensive lineman. So I think Brian Breezy is a guy that I think from Clemson, he plays in a program that, um, you know, has some good clout. And uh, I think I think he goes to Detroit. For sure. And I think one thing that as I was doing my mock, um, there's just so much, like, there's not a whole lot of talent discrepancy throughout, you know, picks 10 to almost 50 and stuff like that. So it was kind of hard for me to kind of piece together who I think would go where because I think you could make sense for any team to pick any player because um, they're all very talented and whatnot. But I do think, I agree with Steph here, I think the Lions go tight end at 18. But D- Dalton Kincaid I have picked by the Packers, mainly because I'm a little uh, a little homer for the Packers and just love Kincaid so much that I hope they pick him. But, You're already um, making a jersey, a customized jersey? Yeah, it's on the way. It's already in the mail. But, um, yeah, Michael Mayer, I think, here at 18 for the Lions, um, I think will... Uh, makes sense. They they have a need now for um, you know some passing help and tight end is a hole that the Lions need to fill. Anyways, um, they will get Williams back after week six, so they'll be able to have help on the outside. But I think Mayer, um, you know, he if Kincaid is one A in this um, draft, then Mayer is one B. I mean, he had a huge year at um, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, 67 catches, uh, 809 yards, um, yards per reception being 12.1, had nine touchdowns. He's going to be a good red zone threat for the Lions, who we talked about in the first um, first episode of our mock draft here. They're going to need some help in the red zone with Jamal Williams leaving, so this gives them an air option, and I think makes a lot of sense for a team that's looking for a tight end. Absolutely. I mean, and he blocks really well, too. He might be the better and the best of the two when it comes mm-hmm. to blocking between him and Kincaid. Yeah, and um, I think especially when you have guys like David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift in the backfield, like they're going to need um, help on the edges or just getting downfield and stuff like that. He can get to the second level and block very well. He's a pass blocker. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you don't, if you want to run him as a stunt and he's, and he's not going for an out, mm-hmm. like, I mean, so some good options there for sure. Um, okay, so a couple weapons on the offensive end pick there. Mm-hmm. Um, for you guys, I, I again double down with defense. Next pick on the clock, number nineteen. Um, you guys got the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, and I actually had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading up with Philadelphia. So this is an Eagles pick for me. But um, to start with Tampa Bay, what do you, what do you guys got? Uh, I have Darnell Wright. the The Bucks have a lot of holes, whether it's QB adding weapons at tight end or just along the lines and stuff like that, even safety. Um, they have a lot of holes that they need to fill, but I think being able to block, they, they kind of addressed at least for the short term, um, 
at QB with uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think he, based on the way he played at the Rams, I think he should get a shot at least one more year, kind of prove it and stuff like that with the Buccaneers. And I think being able to address some offensive line help. Um, they already have Tristan Wirfs on the one side, so I think you can line right up on the other side and be able to ha- cover at least both tackle positions and then from there kind of piece things together. So I think right here at 19 would make sense for um, the Bucks. Uh, notice I didn't say right is the right pick. I thought about it, but I decided <laughs> that it wasn't going to be the best, but I just had to insert that in there, so... Good work, Jake. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Steph, how about you? Um, I'm saying they're going to go on the defensive side here. Um, and they're going to pick up Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Go blue. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the plug every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, um, I'm a fan. <laughs> of course. Um, but this past season, I mean... He was he he accounted for over six hundred of the snaps. He's a big boy on the defensive side. I mean, he's six yes. three, but he's three hundred and twenty three pounds. Right, right. <laughs> like, and you line him up. Uh, who is it? Vita Vea, for mm-hmm. the Buccaneers. You line him up. That's that. They're gonna control that line on the inside. It'd be insane. Yeah. So it says his current weight's like three twenty three, but he he's been pushing three forty. Like that's that's where he's been playing at when he's been playing at Michigan. So his size is something that like. You talk about movable objects. He might be immovable when it comes to just. I mean, you have to be, have the right offensive lineman to go up against Mozzie. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that is a solid pick, and he's going to definitely be somebody that that um, forces offensive lines to scheme around him a little bit. For sure. Um, again, I had the Eagles or the Bucks trading up to go get the uh, the quarterback uh, Will Levis at ten, and uh, I had the Eagles trading back here. So they're they're getting the nineteenth pick for me, um, and you know I I think here the the Eagles we talk about kind of having the luxury of you know maybe picking the best available but filling maybe a hole. Um, I think the clear cut best safety in this draft class is Brian Branch from Alabama. Um, I think that for this guy. Um, He's 170 for 174 attempted tackles. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss tackles. I think that stat is actually pretty incredible. Um, so when it comes to a guy that you know can close and get to the ball and and, and at least um, you know shut him down, Philadelphia. You look at you know kind of where they're spotty a little bit. I think it might be in their defensive backfield. So I think Brian Branch uh, from Alabama here is who I've got um, the Philadelphia Eagles taking with with their first pick of the draft. Um, so I would like it to be known as well, if you're keeping track between the two episodes here, all three of us, regardless of if it was pick 10 or pick 19, took the Eagles uh, taking Brian Branch. And I, I think that's pretty impressive because we didn't even we, we did didn't, not plan We, we didn't convene, plan anything draft. like that. So I think that's, that is really impressive. Um, Great job, guys. Yeah, good work. And Eagles fans, hopefully you're happy with that. <laughs> and I, I think they would be. And I, and I think, you know, it comes down to, you know, who's really looking for these positions too. And, and if we see Will Levis as a potentially top 10 pick, um, and I'm not saying Brian Ranch isn't a top 10 pick because as you guys had earlier, you know, him going top yeah. 10. But he is, you know, s- s- position needs is, is what yeah. rules here. And, and that's, that's what we've got 
happening for the Eagles. Also, I don't know if I can have Will Levis in my top ten an- anymore after finding out he puts mayo in his coffee. <laughs> I did it's see not. That. Hey, I don't it's know not if you even guys have a little Tom Brady's diet when he when he was playing, but like his diet was a little crazy too. Uh, it's not even a I'm little mayo. He, he mayo, put he put like three squeezes of mayo. There's some good in his coffee action that can be had there. He, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Talking yeah. In I'm some, just what, what, what's so so pick twenty. Like, um, <laughs> I just I can't stand mayo. That's <laughs> I I can't do it. Good for Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> moving on to pick number twenty here. Um, I know Seattle Seahawks um, have a couple first round picks. Um, currently, first first pick for the Seattle Seahawks at five. I. I had Jalen Carter going, uh, interior defensive uh, lineman, who I think is potentially the best athlete in this draft. I think here at 20, um, again, I, I, I think because of the defensive weapons that are available in this draft, I think it's hard to, to go against that. I think Seattle, um, again, wants to have a little bit of that defensive team they had when they had their runs for the Super Bowl. Um, and so I think here they're going to go with uh, an edge rusher, um, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Um, this is a guy who he grades extremely high from his last few years. He his um, differentiation between his like pass rushing rushing snaps that he's played and and running defensive snaps that he's played um, are almost equal in defensive snaps total. He's he's playing four and seventy eight last year. The previous year he was four and sixty two snaps so he's playing a lot of them he had 31 rushes or hurries last year alone um and nine sacks so this is a guy that can get to the ball or get to the quarterback as an edge rusher um he's also 6'5 272 um so talk about size i mean he is a tall guy um you know with 46 pressures on 271 pass rushing snaps um definitely is a guy that you can plug and play you know, when it comes to uh, your defensive line. And again, like I said, I think Seattle is, is not just the only team doubling down on defense. We talked about, I talked about the Lions earlier being a team that's doing that, but I think Seattle is addressing a need um, that they, they want to have. Pete Carroll likes good defense. So, yeah, I, I think we've talked a lot about Kalijah Canty and how much he's, he's graded really well. And he's also a guy that, um, you know, can play every down. Um, if I, I have the Seahawks taking uh, Will Levis <laughs> with pick five, which the more I thought on it, the more <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe not the smartest thing. Especially with the, the Mayo. Especially thing, with yeah. the Mayo. But, um, no, I think they do address uh, defensive line need here with Cansey and bring him in. I think there's a lot of um, options you could go, whether you go edge or you go um, – defensive interior and i think they go interior here with cansey at 20 how much um, seattle got for for russell wilson obviously yeah. this is their own pick but with the earlier pick yep and with some other picks they have they're a good team that's getting a lot of opportunities to just improve get some toys yeah. right and, and i think that's something that is different about this draft the detroit lions and seattle both have that luxury this season and during this draft um that a lot of teams typically don't have so it's going to be exciting to see the draft for both of those teams. I will say, though, I still stand by taking Levis at five just because of the fact that, like, you can develop him behind Geno. We don't know how 
you know, Gino, I think, has another good year this year. I don't think Gino is a bad quarterback by any means, or he just got hot off of one Gino year. Gino could play the next two, three years. I mean, how long did Aaron sit behind far? Uh, three years. There you go. Same thing with Love. So it's the, not. Uh, the only thing with that is, like, he would have to start behind Geno Smith just yeah. because they just signed Geno Smith to a nice size contract yeah. extension. But I think so if you're a quarterback coming in, I don't think you're upset about that either. I, I would actually think that some quarterbacks might relish the opportunity to sit like some of these great quarterbacks has right away. Tom Brady was able to sit behind Drew. You have Brett Favre playing in front of Aaron for a couple for three years. Well, see the difference. The difference between that is that those guys were already established sure. greats within the league. At that time, sure. that yeah. they had came in, and you've got right. Gino, and you've got Gino, who's been on the Gino rise Gino this last, who, having a year yeah. in the bu- right. splash in the bucket. Is it a splash in the bucket, or well, is it something that can be consistent? Season, it was his first full season actually starting at sure. quarterback. Sure, right. Yeah. That he he got to be you know the head of the helm of the uh, of of a whole franchise. He was right? last year what I think a lot of us maybe thought he could be in the NFL year one. Yeah, right. I mean, I I was a good, big. I loved West Virginia loved and the offense yep. they had. Um, when Gino was there, and not that they don't have an offense now, they still play kind of run and gun. They're in the Big 12. Mm. So, um, but yeah, Gino Smith has always been a guy to me that could be the quarterback he was last year. And, it, and things finally kind of clicked for him a little bit. You know, it, it's. Yeah. I, say if the, I say if he stays healthy, and then I say if whoever they either bring in on the offensive side, you know, that's paired with who they have now, and if they can stay healthy. Then I say the Seahawks have a chance of doing some damage going into the playoffs, but right, they have to be healthy. Yeah, right. that's the only thing. And then Geno has to play the level of football that he played last year or better than what he played last year. Right, even though he's been in the league for ten or so years, nine to ten years, right, this is his first actual experience of starting a full season going into another season. 49ers aren't going anywhere either. No. You know, like they're a team that in that division. So that's another thing that we have to talk about, right? So I was watching um, Get Up, and I know know you've been talking about this a lot, Don, is about having Trey Lance. We'll get to that. So yeah, Uh-oh. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh-oh. Well, well, we'll get to the 49ers. No, I, I, okay, we'll get to the 49ers. We'll, we'll, we'll take a step back and we'll, you know, we'll rewind. Get but yeah, going back to the Seahawks situation. Uh, yeah, what are you thinking that they? Where do you think they go? Hey, I'm saying they pick up someone to help on the offensive line. I'm going with Osiris um, Torrance. Good out pick, of Florida. Good yeah. pick. Um, I, I I just say like in order for Geno to be great, right? He's going to need good people protecting him in the pocket. Um, if he doesn't have anybody that's there, you know, protecting him, then obviously he's going to be out there running, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Right, six five three fifty is a uh, big offensive lineman, huge. And they need <laughs> guard or center. Yeah, so it so. makes a lot of sense. That's the highest rated guard coming into the draft. So this is a quote from uh, PFF.com here, the uh, draft uh, program. That that's that's pretty pretty solid. Um, Torrance makes moving people against their will look like child's play. <laughs> if you're an offensive lineman, and that was kind of like something that was said about you, I, I think any offensive lineman, <laughs> and and a coach that's getting that guy is going to be pretty excited. Pete Carroll. But I what I think about is like the blind side when, yeah. when I hear that yep. comment. I think of the blind side a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know that'll get Pete Carroll fi- fired up too. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He he likes his his guys in the trenches. Um, okay. So we all know that the uh, Dolphins 
had to forfeit their pick. So they, they would be picking next, but they forfeited their pick. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers then get the next pick here. Um, and this is kind of what... So my explanation behind this pick is that Eckler is an absolute stud and I think he is incredible but I think you need to look for somebody that's going to clear some cap space in the future especially if you're going to re-sign Eckler if you're not going to re-sign Eckler you 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 need to have somebody that's going to be kind of that dual threat running back if we want to call it that Um, so I've got the Los Angeles Chargers taking Bijan Robinson here from Texas um he allows the Chargers to like bring in. They can go one, two. He doesn't need to play every back down, but he he's a guy that has the skills to be an Eckler. I think at this at this um, at this level, I think he is a clear cut running back number one in this draft class as well. And I think a lot of his, honestly, like a lot of his like intangibles are similar to what Eckler's like. I mean, he's five eleven, two fifteen. I don't think Eckler's that much bigger. If not, he's smaller. Um, he's a top speed kind of a guy, too. So he has maybe shades of what the Chargers used to have in LT, if I say that word. <laughs> uh, if I if I use Ladanian Tomlinson. So I think Bijan Robinson plugs in there to the Chargers and gives them a running back of the future that they can, you know, get cheaper for the next few years, but also then potentially grow around um, in the foreseeable future. Jacob's giving me tons of looks like this is his guy too. But no, I'm in shock because I it's tough because running backs I think are the most I don't know how to put it, maybe overutilized yet underpaid, but they're also the most interchanged I think position in football right now at least when you look at like premier positions. Um I w- I would s- I would even say that like for some teams the running back position is going out of style. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of these quarterbacks that they're getting now are dual threat quarterbacks that don't necessarily need someone to... But that's why I like Bijan is he can come out of the backfield, he can catch. This is a guy that, honestly, like if if, if we just... If we go over Bijan's, like, stats, so he played all 12 games, obviously, last year, um, but he had over 1,500 yards, over six yards per attempt. The previous year, he had six. The previous year before that, he had over eight. Um, last year, he had 18 touchdowns, 19, like, receiving. Like, he is a guy that targeted 29 times um, and thir- 314 reception yards last year as a running back. So you're talking about a guy that you know that can get get space. He has speed. So when you talk about kind of out of the backfield, what how they can play with him a little bit, we know Eckler when he is getting the ball in space as kind of a utilized wide receiver running back. Um, Eckler is not getting the ball downfield. He's getting the ball kind of around the line, and then he's using his speed to, to create that space and, and kind of get through and kind of get make game-changing plays. I think Bijan Robinson is that guy for them as well. And if you've got another guy that can come in and literally plug and beat Eckler, you know, this is a guy that the Chargers used Eckler last year. Wasn't he like one of the most used fantasy guy, fantasy sports guys? Yeah, yeah. Right? So Bijan Robinson can be kind of that jackknife player, that Swiss Army knife. I mean, that type of player. 
Yeah. So and you're I talking w- about throwing the ball. I agree. I think I think running backs in the way that they used to be is a little bit different. But when you have speed and you can get away and you can catch the ball, I think those are the running backs nowadays that that have that yeah real big upside. So I think what happens though, unfortunately, would be if they go that route and you maybe don't get Eckler back, they might trade him or or, or something do you work along Bijan those lines. Up and then you trade. Bi- Bijan Robin, you say like, hey, Eckler, we're going to have this guy share the load with you because we know Eckler got banged up towards the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So Bijan comes out of the backfield. He's playing that. Look at what happened at KC last year, right? They brought in, um, it starts with the P. His last name starts oh, with Pachenko. Pachenko. Pacheco. I think it's, there's no yeah. N. I think it's just Pacheco. So Pacheco comes in, right? And we saw Eckler Allaire, like he ended up getting banged up. Um, not the only running back. It's, uh, it's not just, uh, uh, Allaire and and Pacheco. Yeah. There was they had a running back arsenal, right? But they yep. get banged up a little bit. So this is insurance on your running back position and how you're using it as Eckler's been used at catching the ball in the backfield as well as being handed the ball. Bijan's that guy. He can learn from Eckler as well. So that's that's how I kind of look at it. I totally understand what you're saying because Aaron yeah. Rodgers has taken this kind of a pick and he's been I'm yep. done, right? So Eckler ha- would have every right to do that, but I think if the front office is being um, forward with Eckler about this and saying, "Hey, this is what we're having him do right now," I, I-, I think that's understandable. Yeah, and you have to have two running backs nowadays anyway. To that's be able true. To play right. That's true. Interchange them uh, and stuff like that, and there's different ways to do that but too. Where do you guys think they go? Uh, Joey Porter. Okay. I think they address secondary needs. You have Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. out there. Um, I think Porter, adding Porter, you get the, um, you know, you have a safety that can crash downhill. You have wide receiver one locked up, and you can get wide receiver two locked up with Porter out wide. And, um, we saw defense their struggles last year in the yeah. playoff game against Jacksonville. Yep. Right. And I think especially, like, thinking back to that, you know you're going to have to face a Mahomes. You know you're going to have to face uh, Russell Wilson, um, Jimmy Garoppolo now in division, but then too having guys like Trevor Lawrence, potentially Aaron Rodgers, potentially um, Tua. Hopefully he's back and healthy. But you also have to play that Dolphins team too. And um, there's a bunch of young QBs that are going to get drafted Josh here. Allen and is still Josh in the Allen, <laughs> Josh Allen still. In the, so there's a lot Who knows of where Lamar Jackson's going to be. <laughs> a lot of great quarterbacks out in the AFC. I think it's important for them to beef up that secondary. So I have them taking Porter here. I have them going receiver. Um, Which they've also been pretty thin at, too. Yep. Jalen Hyatt out of yeah. Tennessee. Ooh. I like that guy. He's um, getting a ton of hype. If, if you guys don't know who he is, honestly, he, he is a player that you can probably resemble with, like uh, Justin Jefferson in a way. Um, he's pretty explosive. He's going to make highlight plays. Dude, um, people lined up 19 yards like behind the line of scrimmage. And he still got they, they, he still blew blew by him. The, the kid's good. Like he he's got wheels. Like like you can't. <laughs> the kid. I think he was playing one game and he had like six touchdowns just in that one game, right? It, like it was like, a big game. It too, was a I huge thought. game. Yeah. I think it was against like Bama or something like something that. Something like that. He yeah. Had Fifteen um, touchdowns. Last but yeah, he year, had fifteen touchdowns. Crazy. He had like almost thirteen hundred yards. You know, reset receiving. So. I, I feel like if he falls this far in the draft, like whoever picks him up is, is going to is going to get a gym. So oh, yeah, absolutely. and and people are trying to say he's going to fall to the second round. I think he goes before that. I it, it really depends on how the draft goes, right? I mean, if you get start getting interior line, if you start getting some corners at defensive play, if you start getting quarterbacks, right, that fills up a lot of the first round. 
wide receivers then start to be like kind of okay wide receivers aren't going we got to go with our defensive guy that we want because otherwise we're not going to get him in the second round so i think right how the dominoes fall is all going to kind of play into where wide receivers go i do think jalen hyatt can be a num a one a wide receiver guy for teams though i think if you're looking at all the wide receivers you have teams that are looking at jalen hyatt and be like this is the guy we want like it w before before you're looking at you know zay flowers or before in jigba who both of them are incredibly talented and skilled but i think you talk about this guy's speed it's insane um so i think that that's a great pick that you yeah. have there going and i will say too i towards the end of my mock in the second round i have the packers taking him but i don't think he makes it that far just because he, if he makes it to the second if he round, makes it to the second round it'd be, be insane yeah like it, it, if he makes it to the second round and whoever is first in the second round they don't pick him yeah i'm gonna be like what are you doing pittsburgh yeah. steelers first <laughs> pick second round yeah <laughs> what are you doing they, honestly i could see they him could use that. a receiver yeah yeah yeah, they oh. could use one. So I think he's he's honestly they could probably use a whole new quarterback too if we're being completely honest. But uh, yeah. we'll uh, see what Pickett's got. We'll see um, here, so. Speaking of needing a wide receiver, we got the Baltimore Ravens up at pick twenty two. Good segue. Good segue. They, this is like a Packers thing. They don't pick wide receivers. They're not going to pick a wide receiver. So I this is why they're going to they they're going to take Zay Flowers. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, this is your. He's pick. going with he's wide <laughs> I am because it's not my team, so I have full all confidence right. that they would take a wide receiver. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, Zay Flowers, but yeah, I think especially when you're trying to please Lamar, you already have OBJ, and OBJ has said he doesn't know what Lamar's plan is or where Lamar's standpoint is. Whoever's playing QB there, whoever's say, he, playing he QB say there, he want to play with. He he reached out to Lamar and mm. said that he would love to work with them. Isn't yeah. that just business though, right? I mean, that's got to be just business. You're, you're doing mean, that if you're coming in as well, a wide receiver. It doesn't, if you're a receiver, if, if I'm OBJ. You, you're calling. I'm calling. Day. I'm calling Lamar Jackson. I'm be like, yo, like, let's figure, let's figure this out. Catch at this, the park down the street. you are who I want to play with, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm not coming in to Baltimore playing with any QB. I came here so I can play with you. And right. The thing that let's sucks though is, is he. That's not what he said. Like well, he, he, he went where the money. So, so well, 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 well. Let's take a step back, right? He did say, "We can talk if you give me OBJ and someone else." They got OBJ, and they there's someone get, else. They need Zay to get Flowers. someone else. So you're someone else's Zay Flowers. I, I don't know who that someone else is, but you're someone else's Zay Flowers. <laughs> my my someone else's Zay Flowers. I was between <laughs> Flowers and Addison here. I think Flowers goes here. Um, he's just, he's coming off a better year just statistically wise, but I also think he's coming out of a bit of a weaker conference in the ACC where he won't be as banged up. And I think especially at a position like wide receiver, Baltimore typically has more banged up wide receivers. I mean, you look through the years, they haven't really made it through with one, a healthy Lamar the past couple of years, but two, their receiver core just gets banged up year after year after year. So I think being able to get a guy who's made it through three complete seasons the past couple of years and then also um, has pretty much relatively avoided the injury bug, I think it's going to be huge. And I think that's why they would maybe go with Flowers here over Addison, who is in a bit of a tougher league, um, has um, a little more wear to him, I feel like. And also, I feel like Flowers is a little more explosive versus Addison. So, okay, my opinion, but... No, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, for me, for the Baltimore Ravens, I'm actually going to have to go in the secondary. Um, I'm going to go with Deontay Banks um, from Maryland. 
Um, they do need help on the defensive side as well. They're usually always hurt on the defensive side. Yes, they're hurt on the offensive side, but it's like every year it's a defensive injury bug. Man, right? And it the just, Ravens it just goes to the team. Used to be just that defensive, defensive team. Not like, yep. and, and the thing is, like when their team is healthy. The Ravens are good. They are. Right. They're really good. And, and that's with Lamar not having as many weapons as he probably should have on that team. Right. Um, I do feel that they will pick someone up, you know, either off of waivers or free agency or whatever. Or second round. There's going to be plenty you know, of wide receivers. There, there's going to be plenty can, of receivers. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like they will get someone else to pair, especially with OBJ. And then they have Mark Andrews there, a tight end. Like, they will have the numbers, you know, they would have the people there. Obviously, it depends on what Lamar is thinking, if he actually wants to continue being a Baltimore Raven, if he's, you know, willing to play under the franchise tag. Because all in all, right, he's under that franchise tag. He is on that roster for this upcoming season. I mean, he, what he can't do anything but either sit out or play. It's, it, it'll be interesting because the Ravens only have five picks in this NFL draft. Their, their second pick is actually pick number 86. So, I mean, yeah, they could maybe trade up to get a second-round wide receiver or a second-round player, but they don't ha- they're going to have to look at free agency for sure. They're going to have to look at the post-draft, you know, waivers and, and whatnot, um, undrafted free agents, things like that. If they don't go in first round for a wide receiver or tight end or third-round wide receiver – at 86 because you can put a wide receiver in, but if they need, they need a wide receiver one. I'm not saying OBJ is not a wide receiver one, but he, he plays better when he can just do his thing. Right. But, um, I actually also have on the defensive side, the Ravens, um, taking somebody on defense. And, and for me, I have them taking the best edge rusher left on my board. And that's Nolan Smith, um, from Georgia. Um, he's a guy that played 500 defensive snaps two years ago (laughs) and and he played 200 this last year. So, um, you know, but he has been also been a guy who was playing a lot of, um, getting to the quarterback as an edge guy. Um, he's undersized at six, two, but I think one thing about him, you know, and he's only 238 pounds, right. But he is a three down player. He's got a motor in him. That's huge. Um, he's got a grade of 90 plus, which is just crazy too. Um, but again, one guy that definitely, um, can get to the quarterback at will in different in, in a scheme that allows him to kind of have freedom. He's a guy that is very creative. So if you're using him like a TJ Watt kind of a guy on the end for the Ravens, um, all of a sudden you have somebody that can be a little bit creative, um, on the defense for your own team. So I, I, th- I think he's a guy that goes, um, and again, a Georgia D lineman. I don't think you can be too upset about somebody that's been playing on a winning team. So the next pick that we've got up is going to be the Minnesota Vikings here. Before we get to your guys's uh, lackluster picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get it over with. Go through this. So I think the... Truth is, San Francisco fans probably want to keep quarterback 1A and 1B intact. However, I think the front office wants to get everything they possibly can back from the Trey Lance trade that they did to get him. Now, no team's going to give them everything that they did, that they got rid of to get 
Trey Lance, for instance. But I think a team that could definitely do this because it's a team that doesn't have a lot of picks this year, but has also been filling some needs um, in during free agency and is another one that I think they can potentially, the Minnesota Vikings we're talking here, can trade off Cook for uh, some draft capital here, whether it's in this draft or next draft. I think there's some possibilities there. Um, But I think the Minnesota Vikings are actually going to trade this pick for next year's six-round pick as well. Um, So they're going to trade a six-round pick from next year and this pick for quarterback Trey Lance. So we're going to – and this gives Cousins – Obviously, like uh, a little bit of a jolt, but I don't think it's necessarily unknown for Cousins. I think Cousins knows, like, well, this is this is the the last year on his contract, so he will be a free agent after this year. It is he can possibly land somewhere else. And if Trey steals this job from Cousins this year, the Vikings' offense they have an offense they have a head coach that is an offensive minded guy. He would love a guy like Trey Lance. to be able to do do some of uh, scheming on offense and stuff, you've got players on the offense of side that I think with Trey Lance there is great. Again, competing for that QB one position this year. Next year, you tell Trey Lance, hey, if you're not 100 percent healthy or if for whatever reason you're not starting this year, you're a guy next year. And uh, Trey Lance gets to come in. You bring a guy from Minnesota back to Minnesota. Um, and again, I'm saying things like this right now because. I'm a Minnesota guy, so like you getting your wide, re- you're getting your wide receiver in the first round. I I want to see them go after Trey Lance and get and, and get a quarterback for the future here. I understand where you are coming from, but if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan, I would not want to see Trey Lance in purple. Period. Me personally, I wouldn't want to see him from what he's given us, from what he has done before injury. Even though it's not like a like a huge serving size to look from, right? You know who what? he's been training with in the offseason? Who? Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I, I saw that, but just because he's training with Pat Mahomes doesn't mean he's going to be Pat Mahomes. <laughs> We're not Steph, asking him to be Steph Pat Mahomes, Steph heard that, though. said irrelevant. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so but, but what I'm saying is you're, you're, you're looking at a guy who's being educated from the guy in the league right now. He's, he's, he's working out with him. He's seeing what, what did you do to get here? Mahomes. But that doesn't mean it's going to translate. I'm not saying it has it. If it translates, if we get a 50% of what a Mahomes is with Trey Lance, is that not like an impressive quarterback? You know what I mean? Like what Cousins is, is what Cousins is, right? Are you saying that Trey Lance doesn't have more potential than a Cousins has for potential? I uh, see. Because look, I will take I, that. If I'm being completely honest, um, I'm not a really big Cousins fan either. I, I think Cousins is good. Right. I think he's but, good. Too. But is he great? No. He's not great. And for everyone that thinks he's great, he's not. Just get that out of here. Right? Like, he, he's a person that's going to go out there and he's going to win you games. Is he going to win you big games? No. Is he going to win you primetime games? No. Is he going to win you playoff games? No. Is he going to win you some games? Yes. Is he going to have a good record? Probably. Right? He's going to have a good team surrounding him. Good but, stats. <laughs> but but if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, like... I, I don't know if I want either of those uh, quarterbacks in, in my building if I'm the Vikings, for, you know. So you're office. saying from what you've seen from him at San Francisco, that's enough? That That's enough. He, 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 first off, his serving size when he played in college wasn't even big enough. They were just going off what his ceiling could be when they, when they drafted him. 
right? Am, am I wrong? Right. This is this is right, right? Like he didn't play in college that much, right? So we, was we co- I mean it was COVID year, right? Well, he got Where hurt. Was, he was hurt. But I think there's a COVID year thing going on. There was on a in COVID there. year thing um, in there too. But but still like we didn't get a big enough serving size to see what he can do in college. We just thought, oh, he's gonna be the best college in double A division one. That's all we thought, right? right? So expectations were through e- the roof. Expectations were through the roof. And with those expectations, right, let, let, let's rewind and go, let's go back even more time, right? When, because um, he went to uh, NDSU, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where Carson Wentz went too, right? Yep. So so if, if they have a great quarterback in Carson Wentz that went out there and won them a few national championships and he goes, what, number one overall to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And they say, oh, there's another quarterback that's coming in there. This team produces championship-like quarterbacks. Let's pick him, right? But as we see, we haven't got the, that big of a serving size out of Carson Wentz either, right? Even though he's came out of NDSU, not taking shots at NDSU. I'm just taking shots at these franchises that's taking these quarterbacks without having a big enough serving size, right? Like, the, these, like I'm not going to say Carson Wentz, multi-championship, you know, whatever. But against the the competition that you know these bigger schools are going against he's he he wasn't doing that in college right and as we see it's gone to the nfl okay yes he had a good run what was it 2017 he had a great run with the philadelphia eagles he played most of the season and got them to the playoffs right he got them there but let's say if he was actually playing the whole season would they have won the super bowl we we, we don't know we we have no idea how he would have done the playoffs right all we know is that Nick Foles went in there and played amazing the whole playoffs. Beat every team that was stacked up against him. <laughs> and he beat you could, Tom Brady. You could say, though, that that was also a system thing, that they just had the team to make that run. They just needed a semi. Right. No, no, you, you are right. They needed someone that can put it there. Yeah. But, but, but it's also on the quarterback to make those plays in the right time, in the way, in the fashion that he did it, right? I, I'm not like bashing on Carson Wentz. Yeah, he had a pretty good season when he was in the, really he was with the Colts, right? A pretty good season when he was with the Colts. Yep. Like, was that last year? Then he had a, a pretty decent season this year with the the Washington Commanders. I mean, he was up and down with the Commanders though, with injury, and I think that. But let's be honest, part of that it, franch, part of it has yep. to be the franchise and where yep. it's at, right? I mean, you look at Geno Smith going to play for the Jets, not a chance there. He goes to Seattle. You get some pieces around him. Look what he's doing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Trey Lance has been in San Francisco that maybe wasn't the right fit for him on offense. He needs somewhere different to look. I think the offensive mind and the head coach that the Vikings has can play with Trey Lance a little bit, and I think he can have a better career. I I I I, I, I do agree with you, said, But if we if we look at the offenses between San Francisco and the Minnesota Vikings, how different are they really? Right, like how like like. like we have they have Debo Samuel. They have right? a guy that can move around more. I know when Cousins is rushed, he typically drops, right? I mean, he's not a Tom Brady where he's rushed and he just kind of goes in yeah, the but, position. But this is also but this is also after the injury that Trey. I'm Lance not asking Trey Lance in. this year to do anything. Oh well, yeah, I'm not asking Trey Lance to do anything this year. I'm saying that this I, I think that this pick, this trade of a pick for Trey Lance would be something to say. Hey, here's something that we haven't done before, right? The Vikings either need, they have three options. They can stay on the course that they're going right now, which is let's get to the playoffs. They can completely like tear everything down and start completely over, not trade, not trade for him. They know Cousins is gone next year. They've got a team that's not necessarily built for a Super Bowl. So they can completely tear down and do that. 
Or they can say, hey, Trey Lance is a guy that we feel that we can create some offensive scheming that's going to be different. We can trade Cook. Maybe there's another piece or two that they can get on the offensive line. All of a sudden, you just have a different offense that is consistent and capable. I feel you. I just feel like they shouldn't put all their eggs in the basket on Trey Lance and they can find someone that's better. Yeah, and maybe they do. If anything, I say... If anything, this would this would be in a um, fairy tale world, right? <laughs> I would say trade Cousins and trade Cook to the Baltimore Ravens and pick up Lamar Jackson. That that's what I would say in a fairy tale world, right? And then we just draft a we'll draft a uh, a running back, right? You know that's that's pretty good. It's not, it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be a Dalvin Cook coming out of college. I don't mind that. You know what I mean, that like trade that so you just had for fairy tale <laughs> land. So, so I'm just saying, like, that if, if that was something that was to happen, I would rather have Lamar Jackson in this building more so than I'd rather have Kirk Cousins or Trey Lance. But the real question: Would you rather have Trey Lance or Kirk Cousins? Because that's really what you're trading here, and you're not really even trading that. I mean, you, but, honestly, but, you're, not, you're not really trading because you're just you picking saying, up, but. Right. But you're saying let's see what we can have with him. But would 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 you say that would you rather have Trey Lance or Kirk Cousins? Do you want to try something different, or do you want to know you know what you're going to get with Kirk Cousins this year, regardless um, of who you're bringing in? Honestly, it would really depend on what what direction the Vikings franchise wants to go. If it was up to me, and I'm it, obviously there's two different uh, variables that happens, right? So if, if you're looking at it, right, it's do I want to win games right now, or do I want to rebuild right now, right? If you want Trey Lance, then you're thinking about, okay, let me rebuild. Let me see what I can do. Because then you have to work the offense around him, right? This offense is already in place around Kirk Cousins for the time being, right? He's in a system where he can go and win games, as he showed you this past year. They they Without Dalvin Cook? No, like, uh, see, I like Dalvin Cook. Without Thielen? And that's the other thing. Like, obviously, they're going to need some other weapons on the offensive side. It would have been cool if they would have picked up OBJ. You know, that would have been sweet, right? <laughs> <It would've> been <laughs> nice. Knowing that we were losing Thielen. Yeah. Um, but if we look at the numbers, like, Thielen wasn't targeted as much as JJ was last year or even close to being targeted as much this, you know, this past year. And right. plus, they just got a new tight end, right? right? But you look at, like, what Kirk has done with Thielen over the years. Like, that, I mean, he had a record with him going, like, a year before last, didn't he? For like receptions or it was yardage or something. Some some crazy, and it was like in a row. It was like this many games. It was like eighteen games in a row with a touchdown to Thielen or something. I think it was like I think it was like I think it was like eight games, like a hundred yards or something like that. Eight or nine games, like a hundred yards. There's uh, a there, uh, receiving. Like he's he he's somebody that they've had that's not there anymore. And you know, if it, they're they're gonna need to figure out something there. Again, I think they go. They try to get a different quarterback here if they can. That Trey Lance thing obviously may never happen. They do need a quarterback. You think you think they're going to go potentially weapon or a wide receiver here, or where do you think? Um, honestly, I I still do think they bring in a quarterback. Okay. I just don't think they bring in Trey Lance. So you think they bring in a quarterback at twenty three? I I say they bring in Hendon Hooker. That's what I've been saying the past few days. Right. He has the same problems as Trey, though. He, he does, but the thing with Trey is Trey's already had a few years under his belt in the league. Not saying he was playing all those years because he was a backup, but he still had all those years under the league, right? Even with the sample size that Trey Lance has showed us last year at the beginning of the season, he showed us that he wasn't necessarily ready yet, right? He wasn't ready for this this speed of play, Right. With Hendon Hooker, he's coming in not knowing anything about the NFL yet. He's still fresh, 
he, he's going to be a new quarterback. He's going to sit a year under Kirk Cousins, right? Obviously, he's going to get experience knowing what he has to do, ins and outs, out of out of the out of practice, uh, games or whatever, right? He's sure. going to figure everything out. He's going to come in that next year, you know, hopefully if he comes in healthy that next year, or let's say he comes in this year too, right? He's still going to, I think, elevate the team in a little bit more. I think he would be more explosive than a Trey Lance, um, in my opinion, and I think he has a better arm than Trey His Lance. His size is better. His That's size is sure. better than Trey Lance. Um, I, I had, I had hooker going pick 11. So if I have, if I, if, if they don't have a quarterback option here, if they don't have a top five quarterback option, I mean, do you have a quarterback going to Minnesota in this pick? Where do you, where do you have Jake in? No. So I, I have something to keep watch on. I would keep watch on Delvin cook being moved at all. And I would keep watch on Buda Baker being moved at all. And I would look at Minnesota and, um, Arizona possibly being trade partners at some point. I don't think that Buda Baker or Dalvin Cook are necessarily going to be like players involved, but I think um, there's a lot of potential for those two teams to um, be trade partners and potentially uh, move around and whatnot during the draft. I mean, Minnesota only has, I think, five picks during this draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um so I think they're going to look to add some draft capital. A lot of people are saying that Hooker could potentially go at 23 to, to Minnesota, but I think especially if um, if he's already gone. Then if he's already to. gone, they're going to go Jordan Addison from USC. Um, I mean, playing in the Dome definitely helps. Uh, you're not gonna. You're only going to have two, four cold games for sure. That brings a huge with, weapon here too. I, I like that pick a lot. If they If they don't go quarterback here, if, if they don't go quarterback and they don't trade for Trey Lance, they the have other to go receiver. I think they got to go with an offensive weapon. But here's sure. my thing: you have holes across. Could you, could you bring defense. in a Bijan Robinson? If, you have holes across the entire defense, defense for Minnesota. Entire defense. Uh, entire defense. So um, I, I'd say first pick. <laughs> I say their first pick they use is get someone that's on the offensive side, and the rest of the four picks that they have they use for defense. Because defense I've prospects. I've had yeah. Brian Breesy going to the uh, Vikings. I've had them. Uh, moving up to take a cornerback. Um, I mean, you could also say, like, all right, what if they add Buda Baker? They just swap Cook and Baker. You know, that's still that's a huge get for um, uh, Minnesota. If they do move Cook before the draft, I think they take Bijan Robinson and go that route. Uh, if he's still available, if he's still available, yeah, I I would like that. I I, I, mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the Vikings. Yeah, but um, for the for the sake of this mock, I have them taking Jordan Addison. And and in case you all forgot at home, I I have the 49ers moving into this spot. <laughs> so, oh yeah, there so, he still so, hasn't set his pick. I actually I actually have uh, a guy that you both have already picked in this draft. Uh, Deontay Banks would be the number one corner coming off and and going to San Francisco here. Um, to again just shore up a defense that yeah. I think is is already a really good one, but defensive back wise, mm-hmm. uh, I think they need some spots there. They got pretty thin towards the end of the season. Um, if I'm we had a right. lot of fun with that twenty third pick, by the way. Uh, that was <laughs> well, the I mean, when it's when it's a when it's a homer pick, um, I mean, what I'm thinking here is twenty four through thirty one. 
Um, I can walk us through my 24 through 31 real we, quick. We are. And we'll go to yours, Jake, and, and then we can go to yours, Steph. At the time of recording, time. we do have a bit of a time but, constraint. But a little shorter way, episode. This way we can um, kind of just get, like, picks in that, we, yep. that, that we're kind of thinking about. Yeah. Um, so for, for Jacksonville, for me, I've got um, I've got the guard, uh, uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida, um, going. I think Jacksonville wouldn't mind to have some more offensive – um, protection here uh, for for Lawrence. I think the best guard available um, that's going to allow Lawrence some more time in the pocket to create. This guy's a 6'5", 330-pound wall. Enough said. Um, I, I think he's a guy that right away is going to be able to uh, be a game changer um, for that offensive line. 25th pick, New York Giants. Um, I think they need a wide receiver, um, another offensive weapon. So this is actually where I've got Jordan Addison going. Um, I think he can he can play a great role there as wideout. Um, talk about giving Barkley a break from doing everything for this team. Um, I, I just think it gives Daniel Jones another option um, as a weapon too. The next pick that is is up is the 26 pick for Dallas. I've got them taking a tight end here and somebody that you've all, I believe, already picked, Dalton Kincaid. Um, so again, this is a guy that, um, I think he's the best wide receiver type tight end in the draft, uh, gives Dallas a huge weapon, um, and fills, fills a need that the Dallas Cowboys need at tight end right now. Um, I think he's gonna have great success there. Gives Dak another weapon on offense who can catch the ball anywhere. Um, he's not a guy that can block well, unfortunately, Kincaid typically, but he is a guy that can play big as a wide receiver and I think that's that can can carry some weight in football for sure in the NFL um the next pick is the uh, Buffalo Bills and I've got uh cornerback Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State going here I think the defensive back area might be one of the few areas that the Buffalo Bills really need to shore up on um this guy's been literally starting as a freshman in the SEC so a 6'1", 166-pound corner. Um, he has 14 picks and 17 pass breakups in the last three years. So, like, he's a guy that is a, a ball hawk in a way on defense. And um, I, I think he's a fantastic pickup for the Bills for sure um, if they get him here. Um, the next pick that would be on the board is um, the Cincinnati Bengals. And here I think you look at kind of where they've been banged up at or maybe uh, short up at, I think you look potentially tight end or offensive line here. I think if you get a tight end that can play both of those roles, like a Michael Mayer, (laughs) who I don't have off my board yet, I think Michael Mayer fits into Cincinnati almost perfectly where he can block really well, give your franchise quarterback some time in the pocket, protect your franchise quarterback, but also – provide another weapon and an, an option for Cincinnati. I think that could be very scary um, and, and an already pretty scary team. Um, 29th pick, New Orleans Saints. Um, I've got them going with uh, defensive interior Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Go um, Blue. <laughs> he's a huge presence on the line, as we've already talked about his size. Um, got a tremendous strength, and I think he's going to be a good pocket pusher for New Orleans as they're kind of you know resetting here with their new quarterback. Um, in car, so I think the the Saints go there, and then I think uh, f- 
you know, we, we look at the um, next pick, which is going to be the Eagles um, in this draft. And I think, I think they go offensive line. You talk about a quarterback who um, you, you just signed, re-signed um, on a, lo- a long year deal. Um, center John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. I think he's one of the best centers. Uh, solid offensive lineman for sure. He can play, uh, doesn't need to play center. He can play tackle, um, guard. But he's also 6'4", 320 pounds, um, and, and I think can do a great job protecting the franchise quarterback. And then my last pick of the first round um, is, is Kansas City's, and I think they also take somebody that can protect Mahomes. So I think they go with uh, tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Um, I think this is probably the most important offseason a- acquisition for Kansas City in the fact that they need to protect Mahomes. Um, this tackle, to me, is the m- best available as well. Um, he's also been playing since he's been a true freshman, and, and I think he's got some great experience at, from Oklahoma and, and would help provide Mahomes some time in the pocket. So that's my first round. All right, uh, pick 24. Um, I was between Osiris Torrance and Lucas Van Ness for uh, the Jaguars here. Um, I think you. Ne- I think part of what uh, cut the Jaguars run through the playoffs short was just giving Trevor Lawrence time. Um, so I think here I'm going to have him take Osiris Torrance at 24. Uh, 25, uh, wide receiver would be a pretty big need for the Giants, I think, in being able to help out Dan- Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think, falls here. Um, I had mentioned that I'd love for Hyatt to be a Packer, but I think he's just going to be too talented that he's going to move up the draft. Um, and Giants could use a wide receiver here, so I think it makes sense for them. 26, if Robinson doesn't go earlier, falls right to the Cowboys. Just cut Ezekiel Elliott. Texas guy uh, makes a lot of sense, I think, here. So I think especially with um, like we've kind of talked about here throughout this episode of needing two running backs in the backfield, I think taking Robinson here for the Cowboys and Jerry's world, bringing in a Texas guy um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, 27, um, I think it's interesting because according to pff.com, the Bills have a need at the defensive interior, even though they have a guy like Ed Oliver. Um, but even still, I feel that need with Brian Breesey, um falling to 27 here with the Bills. Um, 28, I, I was thinking a lot. There's a lot of tackles kind of towards the back end of this draft. And I think tackle would make sense. Um, addressing the offensive line would make sense. That's kind of a known need for the Bengals, but I also think they could use some help on the defensive secondary secondary. So I have them taking Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi state, uh, 29, um, Quite a few needs for a team like the Saints to be able to kind of address, especially when you bring in a guy like Derek Carr. You have needs on the offensive line, but I think there's more offensive line towards the uh, second and third rounds that they could use to fill that. Right now, there's a guy named Nolan Smith on my draft still, an edge rusher who will help out that defensive line, help out a guy like Cam Jordan. Absolute dog. Absolute dog (laughs) from the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Yeah, pick 30, I think. Um, I like the John Michael Schmitz pick, but I raise you um, Joe Tipman from yeah, Wisconsin. Okay, well, we, I got the Minnesota <laughs> Golden Gopher pick in there, and you got the Wisconsin Badger. And I got Badger the Wisconsin Club, Badger, so. so we're good. We're good. Um, 
Yeah, I think Tittman, you have Jason Kelsey, who I think has kind of stated this is looking like his final year of playing football. And I think, um, you know, now would be the draft to kind of be able to um, address some of those needs and whatnot, especially at this point in the draft, you'll be able to get uh, guys you can maybe look towards inserting in the future can make impacts right away. Tittman and Schmitz, I think, have been touted as like the top centers in the draft. So I think that would be a good pick there. Um and then pick 31, I have the Chiefs taking Miles Murphy, um, an edge rusher from Clemson, to kind of shore up that defensive line. Kind of one of the holes that um, could be filled here. You could also look at the Chiefs maybe taking a wide receiver, as I think um, Juju moved on to a different team, didn't he? Yeah. He's yep. on the Patriots. He's on the Patriots now. So, like, they, they have a hole at wide receiver as well. But I think they might move out day two and try to take a wide receiver. I could see them moving up, so... Yeah. All right. So going through the rest of the draft for myself um, at 24 for the Jaguars, I have been picking up a guard. Um, obviously, as Jacob said, to hop out on the offensive line, help protect, uh, to help protect um, T-Law, yes. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Um, potentially. I'm, I'm going to go an with asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. Um, I'm going to go with Steve Avila from TCU. Uh, man, this dude is He's always there, right? This man has played 15 games this past season, over 1,000 snaps, right? So he's healthy. He's going to be there for the long run, and you can depend on him, right? So um, big reason why I'm choosing him. Let's see. At 25, I have New York actually going with a receiver. Um, I feel like they do need they, they do need help at the wide end position, um, at the wide out position. Um, so I'm going to go with Nathaniel Dell out of Houston. Um, yeah, you've been a huge wide receiver heavy first round guy hey, here. I mean, a, this a year, lot, there's a I'm, lot of really I, good wide receivers. Like there's a lot sure. of good receivers but this if the, year. But if these dominoes fall, and, and like you will absolutely be right. Like if, if the wide receivers start to just go, right, in the top 10, if there's a one or one that goes in the top 10, and then all of a sudden three or four slide between 10 and 20. So, so I feel like with today's game on how the game's played, it's either the quarterback's running or they're throwing a deep pass, right? I I feel like, you know, with that, they're going to need people to throw it to or people that that's going to get open, especially when they're uh, when they're scrimmaging. Right. I mean, you can even ask Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes scrimmages all the time and (laughs) he's just throwing it. He wants people like people. They want, you know, receivers. They can just throw it to and not have to worry about where they're throwing it per se because they know someone's going to go up there and and get it for them. Right. Um, Nathaniel Dell is like a human joystick. <laughs> True. So. Human playmaker, especially if you're on Madden, you're just sending them deep. Um, going down the list, 26 for Dallas. I'm going to go with the same pick as Jake and I'm going to go with B. John Robinson out of Texas. I feel like he's going to be at a great position there. Obviously, like you said, they're going to be losing Zeke. Look um, for Dallas to trade up if they believe that like somebody like the Chargers might take Bijan because I think – I, can I, see I do that think Dallas yeah. really wants Bijan, like you guys are saying, but I think they're going to have to move up if they, they want. They, they may they want. have to move up if yep. they try if they're trying to get him because he might leave earlier than the twenty sixth pick. Yeah, twenty um, seventh pick. I'm going to go with uh, Joy Porter Jr. out of Penn State um, at cornerback. I feel like the Bills they need a little bit help on the defensive side. Obviously, you have Demar Hamlin coming back and he's been cleared to play. Um, he's been. Care- been cleared to practice and participate in football activities um but honestly i still do i still think they will need a little bit of help there especially if they can get someone young 
um, and fresh to come in. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, for the Bengals at the 28th pick, I'm going to go with um, the D-line here. I'm going to go with Brian Brees out of Clemson. Um, I don't feel like they really need that many weapons on the offensive side. You know, they have pretty much uh, – they have T. Higgins. They have um, Jamar Chase. And, and like, they, they have – what is it, Nixon? Mixon? Mixon, yep. Mixon. Um, they have Mixon coming out too. So, like, I, I feel like their offense is there. If anything, they need help on the offensive line. Um, or a tight end. Or, or, or they, they, yes, they do. Well, need. One guy I realized too, though, that's fallen down the draft, I really like that could go here Darnell Washington from Georgia. Ooh. Yeah, that's also a good pick. Um, but yeah, I just feel like their defense could, could use a little bit of work on it. Like, if you, if you ask, like, mm-hmm. what happened in the game when they played against Kansas City? Their defense folded. Their offense was there. Their offense got the numbers. The offense put up points. The defense is what's sold at the end. Obviously, you're going to, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, and it's like, how can you just go up against Patrick Mahomes and all these offensive weapons? But you, they have to realize that not all of these pe- athletes were offensive weapons before Patrick Mahomes. They had a young O-line, too, that I think played really well. Um last year during the playoffs. And yeah. So I think they're trying to build off of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 29th pick um, for the Saints. I'm going to go with Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Um, at cornerback, uh, the defense is lacking a little bit. Um, didn't have that great of a year last year. Obviously, they're missing Sean Payton a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Drew Brees, obviously. But, you know, they just signed Derek Carr. Uh, they have uh, Michael Thomas, and they have um, – Alvin Kamara. So, um, I, honestly, let's just see what they can do this year. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to see what the Saints can pull out this year. Um, at pick thirty for the Philadelphia Eagles, I actually went on the defensive side um, of things. They have lost a few players on defense, um, so I'm gonna go with the secondary. I'm gonna go with Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. Um, Antonio Johnson, he, he his overall grade was 81.6, right? Um, he had almost 600 snaps that he played this year on the defensive side, which is a decent amount. He had 800 last year in 12 games. He had 609 games this year. So, so it shows that he's there. He's playing all this. He's playing the whole season. He's healthy. Um, he, he he's gonna he's gonna show up big time. And Texas A&M didn't have that bad of a season this year either. One thing against him, he had 13 missed tackles on 55 tackles. Yeah. So he he he's a guy I think that'll play downhill, but he might miss some open field stuff. He, that he might, might he might miss some open field stuff, but like then again, who doesn't, right? A, 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 Fair a, enough. A lot of athletes do. Um, take for instance Eli Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, and he's considered one of the top cornerbacks in the league. Um, somehow, don't ask me. Uh, um, and then that pick thirty-one for my last pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm going with a wide receiver, Cedric Tillman. I do have three Tennessee players going in that first round. Um, I think the count was eight wide receivers, maybe nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, dude. Two receivers from um, Tennessee. No, that's <laughs> a good pick. You give Mahomes another weapon to fill in for mm-hmm. Schuster. So, I, I hey everybody. We're all exhausted from that. (laughs) Two podcasts of this. Um, We're looking forward to our next podcast. We'll hit up some different sports and everything. Um, You know, definitely excited to see how this draft goes. Excited to see how the draft goes. Excited for more playoff stuff. Excited for some meets this weekend, potential Saturday, Sunday meets. Yeah, when we talk next, we'll have had three more meets under our belt, hopefully. Or two. 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 So, um, hey, guys, 
cheer loud, cheer proud. Lots of fun stuff this weekend to uh, be watching in sport in the sports world. Um, stay safe. Uh, we look forward to next time. Take care.